Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Mara, it is hard for me to believe, but November is around the corner and we have our huge November sweeps preview in the new issue. So on Bold and Beautiful, Finn and Steffi are going to grow closer. Quinn will not be happy when she hears Shauna is living with Eric and the arrival of Zoe's sister Paris will complicate the Carter-Zoe Zenday triangle. On Days of Our Lives, Gwen will manipulate Abigail to reveal a huge family secret. Jan will make trouble for Belle and Sean, and a presumed dead Ava will return to town. Over on General Hospital, Laura will come back, yay, after an extended absence, and will face off with Cyrus. The truth about Peter's origins will come to light, and Liz and Franco will be thrown for a loop due to a sudden medical crisis. And finally on Young and the Restless, Devon and Amanda's bond will grow. Tracy, Jack, and Ashley will band together to protect Dina's legacy, and a whodunit will send shockwaves through town. We will also see some uh, new and some familiar faces pop up this month. It's finally time for Courtney Hope to make her debut on YNR as Sally. Uh, we've got a fun interview with her in the new issue where she talks about how she was nervous on her first day, even though she already knew a bunch of the folks at YNR since it shoots right across the hall from B&B. And B&B is also hosting visits from Ashley Jones's Bridget and uh, Kelly Kruger's Eva the publicist. And uh, on GH, Chase and Finn's dad, Gregory Chase, is poised to show up in the form of TV vet Gregory Harrison. And in addition to uh, Tamara Braun returning to days as Ava, Casey Moss will be popping up as JJ. Uh, Early November is also marking some exciting anniversaries. Well, yes, on November 8th, Days will turn 55, and we have a special section to mark the occasion, which should make some readers happy, because I've actually gotten a few emails lately asking for more Days coverage. Um, So we asked the stars to tell us the highlight of their Days run, and I just love that Bill Hayes says it's the Doug and Julie wedding in 1976, where he and co-star Susan Seaforth Hayes used the same vows that they did in their own real-life wedding two years earlier. So sweet. You know, we also show some of our favorite days covers of all time, which, as you know, was so hard to narrow down because we've had so many amazing days covers over the years. Um, And I also talked to the show's executive producer, Ken Corday, about the past, present and future of Salem. And it's no surprise that he is so proud to be carrying on his parents' legacy. But he is also looking ahead to the 60th. Yeah. Well, happy birthday days. And that is not the only milestone we are toasting in the new issue. I got to have a really lovely conversation with Laura Wright, who is marking her 15th anniversary in the role of Carly. Uh, Laura was a GH fan growing up and thought that Luke Spencer was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, And she has never lost, you know, the wow factor of how incredible it is that as an adult, She was cast as his niece, the daughter of Bobby. Uh, We talked about the way that her relationship with Maurice Bernard, who plays Sonny, has evolved over the years, sort of in lockstep with their characters, like just as Sonny and Carly are now truly a solid team. uh, She and Maurice have established a very close relationship and friendship in real life and a strong partnership as co-stars. We talked about so many of her favorite moments from her time on the show, so be sure to check that out. 
Well, so I mentioned getting emails from Days fans recently, but really the people blowing up our sound off email inbox are fans of Young and the Restless's Skyle and Cola, better known as Summer and Kyle and Kyle and Lola. Um, so this is an interesting case where we have two couples with equally passionate fan bases. Um, you know, when the Skyle fans thought we were writing about Cola too much, we heard from them. When the Cola fans we thought we were pimping Skyle too much, we heard from them. And I can't really think of a recent triangle that has elicited such an equal response and has divided the audience as much as this one has. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, maybe Liam Hope stepping on B&B, though. I, I think a lot of fans kind of had it up to here with Liam's waffling by the end. Um, but I could name a lot of triangles that could and should be jealous of the kind of attention and response this one is getting. I mean, you know, the reason that shows go down the triangle route to begin with is in the hopes of fans becoming really invested in the person who is torn between two lovers choosing, you know, lover A or lover B. And the last thing shows want is for viewers to be like, Matt, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, so YNR is clearly doing something right, as are the actors playing out the story. You know, even though it, I have to say it can be really hard to love a couple that is mixed up in a love triangle because when you are so sure that couple A belongs together, it's like utterly infuriating that couple B is even a glimmer of a possibility. <laughs> I mean, in my most invested soap fan days, I was in like physical and emotional pain when Brenda was with Jax and not Buddy. <laughs> I didn't like that either. Um, uh, we've talked about our mutual love, of course, for Sunny and Brenda. Jax and Brenda were not a thing for me either. Um, <laughs> but our guest today is at the center of this Young and Restless triangle. It's Michael Mueller, who plays Kyle. So let's check in with him and see how he's doing and what he thinks about this unique position he's in. Hi, Michael. Hey, hey. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I, um, I have seen you know, all the tweets about the podcasts and all the guests and stuff like that and tuned in from time to time. And I've always wanted to do this. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we could find the time. Well, I can tell you that we have had a lot of requests from the Skyle and Cola fans to have <laughs> you as a guest. So they should be very happy that this moment has come to be. Yes. <laughs> are, are they writing in physical letters? They write, well, so Mara and I have not been at the office since March, but I know they really, they're passionate emailers. I, I, I the entire, I'm going to tell you like 75% of the emails I receive are about this storyline. I, I absolutely love it. Well, I shouldn't say I love this part of it because I'm, I'm a proponent of kindness and, you know, people being nice and stuff like that. But they, tr there have been times where they try to get each other blocked on Twitter um, or like, uh, or like restricted, suspended from their accounts on Twitter, I guess you could say. And it gets, it gets feisty for sure. And they don't like when each other jump into the com you know, comments and all that kind of stuff. And, but you know, I, I have to commend them because it's incredible. I mean, the amount of love that these fans have for, you know, I, I want to say, you know, um, Sasha Hunter and I, but I know it's for the characters. And and so <laughs> it's not really for us. It's definitely for the characters. Um, it's incredible. They're, they're a rabid fan base and uh, we absolutely love them. We're lucky to have them. Well, then they will be very happy as we take a... A deeper look into your life so they can yeah. get to know more about you, Michael. Yes, uh, I love that. So let's start with you were a movie buff when you were a kid, but grew up in a small mm -hmm. town outside of Atlanta and didn't really pursue anything, you know, performance related. You were an athlete, a high school football player, and very much by happenstance, you were recruited as a model. So tell us yes. that story. So I basically, I thought my whole life was kind of, you know, small town. I mean, smallish town now. Um, it was small when we moved there. Uh, and it, basically, I thought I would just go through school and, you know, play football and go to college and get a business degree and go to business and buy a house in the suburbs and settle down and have a wife, two kids and a dog, you know, the American dream. So I thought I was going to have the American dream but life didn't turn out that way. Um, I, yeah, I started as a movie buff as a kid because my parents, one Christmas, they gave me, uh, right when those like individual portable DVD players with the screen that kind of folds up came out. 
so they gave me one for Christmas because they had just come out and like it was the coolest thing. And they gave me that and they gave me a subscription to, at the time, it was when Netflix sent out DVDs um, to your house in the little envelope mailers. But uh-huh. I was on the blo- Blockbuster was trying to compete with them at the time. And they, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, they didn't keep up. Um, but blo- so I had the Blockbuster service and Blockbuster would send me the DVDs. And I just remember putting on headphones and like being in my bed, like under the sheets, like a kid with a flashlight, uh, watching DVDs. And I think I could get two at a time or something like that. And so I, you know, every day I'd be waiting for the new, uh, the new envelopes of DVDs to come in. And so it really kind of just started with that. Um, performing arts wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with my family. No one had ever thought about doing performing arts, uh, in, any of sides of my family but I always went to the school place I was friends with you know the actors and I would always go to their performances and stuff like that even though I was the football player and uh, I need to clarify I feel like in all the interviews I've done it says I was a football player and all that kind of stuff I was a football player but like that's a stretch like I rode the bench I wasn't any good <laughs> like I I, I I practiced football. I never played football. <laughs> so anyone in your hometown um, been like, he didn't really play. We have yeah, we're, we're clarifying it now. Yeah, I, I really just kind of sat on the bench and went to practice Monday to Thursday. Um, <laughs> and so, um, and, and so, so yeah, you know, that's that was kind of my journey through high school. And then um, my senior year, some stuff happened, and, and I chose not to play football anymore because I was – you know, just kind of sick of going to practice <laughs> and not playing. Um, and so I chose not to play football my senior year. And because of that, I um, wasn't really allowed to work out in the weight room at the school anymore, but I really enjoyed working out. And so uh, my mom let me sign up for the local gym uh, and kind of get a membership for the local gym. So I signed up for that, started working out there. And, you know, it's, I want to take a second right here because it's just, do you ever have those moments in your life where you can pinpoint the exact moment your life just took a turn? And it's like, if that hadn't happened, the rest of my life wouldn't be the way it is. Yeah. And yeah, and I just one of those serendipitous moments. And that's where all this started was this moment, you know, I was supposed to go work out with a buddy and he was running late and he had to, drop off some stuff in the bank for his dad before we could go to the gym. And so it was just one of those moments. And if he hadn't have been late, I wouldn't have been walking through the parking lot and bumped into this recruiter. Um, We probably never would have crossed paths. And I bumped in this recruiter and he hosted a kind of a model talent search um, down at Disney world in Orlando, Florida. He invited me down there. And so I went down there and met my, you know, agent at the time, uh, and they moved me to LA and that's kind of the very short version of how I ended up here. But I, I just love those serendipitous moments of like, ah, that's the moment that everything changed and really changed who I am as a human being and who I became. So uh, you went to LA for a few months after that and you started booking modeling jobs, but what kind of culture shock did you experience when you first arrived in LA trying to acclimate to what I imagine was a vastly different environment? Oh, I hated it. I hated it. Um, I mean, I was in school, I was the khakis wearing polo, you know, boat shoes, loafers kind of kid. Right. And, you know, wanted to go to the polo outlet the Ralph Lauren outlet so I could get you know more polos anyway um so that's what I came out to LA and I remember um coming out for a few months and just absolutely hating it and the traffic and not knowing how to get around and not having friends and and my dad actually came out with me my dad and I we we lived in a hotel um and he basically said because we couldn't find an apartment for a couple months at the time and Airbnb wasn't a thing and Uber wasn't a thing. This was way before all that. And my dad said, you know, I'm going to hang out here with you uh, for a couple months. Cause I think I was 17 or 18 at the time or just about to turn 18. And so we needed a place to stay. We couldn't find an apartment for a couple months. And he said, you know, I'll work out a long-term stay deal with this hotel. Um, and I stay in the hotel and I'll pay for it. Um, but you got to pay me back 
with all the money you make from modeling. <laughs> and so I was like, cool, like I'm gonna do all this modeling, but like not make any money. Like that, that, that sounds great. <laughs> I'm gonna work for five months and not see any of it. Cool, sounds great. But um, at the time I didn't really understand that like I was building a career in a way. I thought it was just kind of, eh, I'm gonna make some money. And you know, maybe at the time I thought like I had seen Entourage on HBO. And, you know, going through high school and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get an agent and like, I'm going to leave. And he's going to like, give me a BMW when I leave. Like, <laughs> you know? and he's like, this is our parting gift. I give you a BMW. And that obviously didn't happen. Um, and so, yeah, I stayed for a few months and started bookling modeling work. And LA was just a whirlwind. And the people I met were, you know, to me at the time were eccentric and outlandish. And I'd never experienced anything like them before. Um, but then as I remember the day I moved away was the day I fell in love with LA. I remember driving by the Beverly Center, the sun was setting um, the night before my dad and I were gonna leave LA. And I was like, I'm supposed to be here. Like, I don't know how I'll be back, but I'll be back. And, um, and so I, I ended up back. But, um, but as far as the modeling jobs and stuff like that, and you know, I was booking commercials and, um, I had some people say, you know, you should think about, you know, acting, you know, in TV and film. And so I'm, you know, met with an agent and he was like, well, I'll, I'll represent you, but um, you have to live here. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm not living here. I'm, I'm leaving in a couple months. Like, thanks for your time. And, uh, and then sure enough, I fell in LA that last night. I was fell in love with LA that last night I was here and, and knew I had to be back. But it's funny. I, I don't know if I've ever told anybody this. Um, I remember when I was a kid, um, I was like four or five, and my, I have a small family, my mom, my dad, and my sister, and we did a California trip, and we flew, we did like New Mexico, Arizona, California, and it was like 17 days or something like that, and we drove all the way through. We flew into, I think, like Santa Fe, and then drove, you know, yeah. through the Painted Desert and all that kind of stuff. And I remember the night we landed back in Georgia, we went home and my mom always cooked dinner every night. Um, and we would all have like a family meal, the four of us every night growing up. And so we're sitting there she, you know, we flew back in, we landed, she cooked dinner, we're sitting there. And all I remember, I'm so young and I kept talking about it. And my dad just looks at my mom and goes, we're going to lose Michael to California when he gets older. And, wow. and that was it. That was it. And, and, and I think I visited California one more time when I was a kid. And it just stuck with me. And, and now, sure enough, I'm here. And I've been here for 10 years now. That's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Well, now, as the story goes, as we understand it, you can clarify this, too. Um, mm -hmm. The very first cast you went on, which was the day you got to L.A., you booked, and not a small job, but a huge campaign for Abercrombie & Fitch, and you ended up on their shopping bags. So <laughs> tell us about that experience. Like, does it sound as crazy to you as it does to us? You know, you know it, it was wild. Um, yeah, I, I, my, my father and I, we drove in L.A. for that, you know, those couple months. Um, and I went right to my agent. I think we had like spent the night like in uh, Tucson or something like that and then got up early and drove in. So I got in the afternoon, went straight to my agent to meet him. And he said, you know, while you're here, um, I've got a casting for you. And he was like, it's for Abercrombie. They're doing a new campaign, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was last week, but I went ahead and sent your pictures over and they want to meet you. Um, and I go, okay, cool. And they gave me the dress and I've got like a little Garmin thing. This is before GPS was on the iPhones. And I've got a little Garmin. I'm putting it in the Garmin. It's directing me there. And I get there, get to the casting and um, it's a house. And I'd never been to a casting before. So I'm going... I don't want to, what did I just knock on the door of the house? I was expecting like a, you know, skyscraper, like a big, big business building. And, um, and so I was like, Oh, my dad was like, well, you just go knock on the door. I'll sit here in the car and you know, I can see you like, it'll be okay. I was like, all right, cool. So I go and I knock on the door and I go into the house and I'm in there. I, you know, I do the casting. They take some, you know, some, uh, Polaroids of me or whatever. Um, and, uh, and I come back out and I was like, well, they, they just took some pictures of me. And like, it, it was no big deal. It was very easy. Five minutes. And my dad and I, we drove off and, you know, and then sure enough, I get a call like a week later. Um, and I booked it and it, it was just, it was surreal in a way. And I didn't know what to expect to be honest, because it was just such a different world. Um, and I, I, I didn't know the gravity of it all. Um, and, and, and so at the time, 
I was excited, you know, I was excited to book something and I was like Abercrombie, it's such a name, like I grew up wearing Abercrombie, um, but I didn't really know what to expect. And so it was, it was booked for a couple months down the road and, um, and at the shoot of, you know, at, at the campaign, it was in uh, Lake Placid uh, in the Adirondacks. And I went up there for like eight days, I think it was. Um, and that was the moment that that shoot, um, there was a guy there that got me to move back to LA and act. Um, and he became my acting coach for a while. And uh, it, it's kind of, it's, it's cool. I mean, it, it's public knowledge. Um, his name is Vincent Chase and uh, famous acting coach. And he knew Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg named Vinny Chase, the entourage character, after this acting coach. Um, and so he was there, you know, because there's like 20 or 30 people uh, or uh, models, um, guys and girls, on the Abercrombie shoot. And so you're all just hanging out all day when you're not shooting. And so they, they bring in this guy, Vincent Chase, uh, this acting coach, um, lovely uh, older gentleman. And... Um, he teaches acting classes all day long. And so you just kind of do acting exercises because it kind of loosens you up as a model and, um, and you're with a group of people you don't know. So you kind of get comfortable with each other because you're kind of doing these funny exercises. And, uh, and so he, you know, he pulled me aside one day and was like, you need to, you know, actually think about this. Um, and he was the guy that got me to come back to LA. <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, now I love that, when you left LA, you like honored a commitment you'd made to go to college, changed your mind uh, about staying there once you were there, but that your parents <laughs> were so super cool that they were like, yeah, you know what? Don't worry about your grades. Just try to soak up as much of the college experience as you can for this one semester. I mean, would you be that cool if you were a parent and you had a 17 year old? Absolutely not. And my parents think back on it now and they're going, we were crazy. What were we thinking? What were we thinking at the time? <laughs> but, you know, they, they had a lot of trust in me and, and um, you know, and I appreciate that. You know, it's, it's funny because I was, I was, I started booking work in the modeling and commercial world relatively, you know, quickly. Um, for those couple months I was out here and things were going well and I started making a little money because I you know, made enough to pay my dad back for the, for the hotel. Um, and, and, and by the way, it sounds like it's a real fancy thing. I was living in a hotel. It's not that fancy. <laughs> I just need to clarify that. Um, but you weren't uh, elevated at the plaza. Got it. Okay. Yeah, no, not. <laughs> I wish, um, I'd forgotten about that children's book. That's a good one. Um, Anyway, and, and so it was time to go back. Uh, I had honored to honor this commitment to go to college. And, and my parents were like, you know, maybe you postpone a semester or two. You know, you're working. Things are going well. And I said, no, like I've, I've grown up hearing about, you know, the college life. And my parents, they were both, you know, they went to the same college. And, um, and they were in Greek life and all that kind of stuff. And I just grew up hearing about that and going to Southern football games and, and I kind of go, you know, no, I, I really want to experience that. I want to have that moment. Um, and so they said, cool, you know, come on. And, you know, if you ever feel like you, it's not for you, you can go back. And my mom's a school teacher. Like, education is so important. And, uh, and so I I'm, I'm move home, and I think two days later, I go to college. And uh, two days after that, I realized how big of a mistake I made. And, <laughs> and so, you know, within, I mean, honestly, within a week, within two weeks, I go, this isn't for me. And no, this is like the education part is great. Um, I just, that life, the college life, it just wasn't, it didn't fit my personality. You know, being on campus and the Greek life and all that kind of stuff, it just wasn't. Um, it wasn't what I wanted anymore. I think at a time it was something that I wanted and something I identified with, but a lot, there was just a lot of growth in the months I was living in LA, a lot of experience um, that I couldn't get anywhere else. Some life lessons and stuff like that, that, um, that are invaluable and I couldn't learn them anywhere else. And I knew that I needed more of that. Um, and that was going to be worth more than, you know, a couple of years of partying, at, you know, at school. And so, so I called my 
folks. And I said, you know, I think I made a mistake. I think I need to go back to LA. And, and they said, well, you know, the semester's paid for. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough where they, you know, were going to pay for my college education. And, um, and, and so they, they said the semester's paid for, enjoy it. Um, and, you know, don't flunk, but, but, you know, go to class, but just enjoy it, you know. And because you don't know if you're going to need to transfer to another college at some point. So you need to have good grades. Um, and I said, great. I understand that. You know, thank you. And they said at Christmas, you know, you come home and uh, you'll move back to L.A. And so but I will say, you know, a funny thing. And my dad's going to hate this. Um, and <laughs> so my, my sister, I have an older sister, three years older, and she went to college, you know, um, at the same college before me. And she did the Greek life and she loved it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I just remember being in high school and his one advice, one, one piece of advice that he gave her, um, and she did great in school, by the way, this is, this is <laughs> no judgment on her, um, was you can always retake a class. You can never retake a party. And, <laughs> and so, <laughs> Which is great advice, but maybe for an 18 year old, not the best advice. Um, and so, so that's kind of the mindset that my parents had. And they said, you know what, just enjoy it. Just, you know, and enjoy the next couple months and then enjoy whatever comes next after that. So That's really funny. Go mom so, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it was pretty early on in your LA days that you met a Hello, model who later became an actor, Josh Swickard, who now plays Chase on General Hospital and is one of your besties. Tell us that story. Oh, Josh, um, he's one of the best guys I've ever met. I, I know that you all, you know, speak to him often as well. And um, he is taking General Hospital by storm. I see it on Twitter all the time. Everyone loves him. Um, but what's not to love? I mean, he's such a good guy. Um, but yeah, so I first met him. Uh, we had the same modeling agent. And I was in uh, in the office kind of picking up some comp cards. Um, I, I don't even know if modeling agents still use them. But you're, they're basically your business card as a model. And they have, you know, your main picture on the front with your name. And then you turn over in the back and it's got a couple more pictures with your stats. Um, and you give them out as you go to castings. And so, um, so I, I think I was going to a casting and I needed some more comp cards. So I run by the agency to get some, um, and Josh is in there and he's signing his contract and he had just moved, uh, driven out to LA. And I think I had lived in LA maybe five or six months at the time, not, not very long. And, and I was 18 and, and it's hard living in LA as an 18 year old because I wasn't in college in LA, so I didn't have any friends. I wasn't 21, so I couldn't go to bars and drink and, and meet people and go to parties and stuff like that. And so how do you meet people? And I didn't have a fake ID um, at the time. Uh, I later on got one. <laughs> but uh, but so, I, so I met Josh and he was, you know, my age. And, and my agent was like, hey, he's going to go to the casting as well. And um, I was like, dude, just hop in the car with me. Like, let's go. I'll bring you back to your car. Um, and so we, he ended up hopping in with me and we drove across town to a casting. And um, I think we got some burgers after that. And we ended up uh, just becoming best friends. And Josh is, um, Josh is such a, he's such an explorer of life. Like that's, that's the best way I can uh, describe him because he wants to try everything. Um, you know, everything from scuba diving to pilot's licenses and all that kind of stuff and things that I would never do. Like, I'm like, I don't want to fly a plane, just not for me. Not, I'm kind of scared <laughs> of heights. Um, and so I think at, at his, his wedding, um, I, uh, you know, I gave a speech at his, his wedding and, um, and I was so happy he was getting married because like he is an explorer of life. Now he has someone else to ask to do all those things. <laughs> and I don't, I don't have to turn him down for those scary things anymore. <laughs> and I, I think that was about, that was my speech at his wedding. Um, was all about that. And so, uh, so yeah, we've been, we've been best friends for 10 years now. Very sweet. Um, now, some of your, you have a lot of exciting credits, but there are two that we need to talk about. Um, so mm -hmm. you appear in 
videos for two of the biggest pop stars on the planet, Britney Spears <laughs> and Lady Gaga. So tell us which videos you appeared in and about your experience doing them. Yeah, for sure. Um, they were, those are honestly like two highlights of you know my career thus far. They sound, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they were smaller jobs. They were, you know, two day jobs, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I've been on Young and Restless for over two years now, going on three years. And, but the, you know, these jobs, are, the, these two women that I worked for are so iconic and will be forever. Like they, they have, you know, made their mark on, you know, the world. Uh, and so they, they were truly amazing jobs to book. I'm trying to think the order. I think, uh, I think Lady Gaga came first. Um, Lady Gaga was actually for her perfume. She had a perfume called Fame coming out. Um, and so she was doing commercial, uh, commercial for it. And it was this crazy thing. She was the sweetest woman. Um, and it, there, were, there were a few models there with us. And they, it was um, uh, Le Chappelle, uh, he, he was directing it and photographing it and all that kind of stuff. And they had created this three story. It was on a soundstage on, in, on Paramount Studios lot. This three story um, version, I, I don't even know what to call it, a statue of Lady Gaga. And she was, you know, sprawled out, laying on her side, on her elbow, you know, and kind of a Marilyn Monroe's kind of pose. Uh, Marilyn Monroe kind of pose, excuse me. Um, I'm combining words now. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so we, it was this life, you know, three-story thing. And they had all these models um, and we were crawling all over it. And, and it was the coolest thing because it was, they'd also built a set for, there was a song that was coming out at the same time. I forget exactly which song it was, but it, it was debuting with a commercial. And so we were all on these harnesses in Speedos for three days. And we were, we had to be hairless as well, which is <laughs> really weird. They, they wanted to shave all of our heads bald and none of us, we, we wouldn't do it because we were going, we're not going to work for six months after that. Like, I'm sorry. Like we just can't, right. we can't do it. So they go, okay, but, you can't have hair anywhere else on your body. <laughs> so we, we agreed to that. And, uh, and, you know, there's 10 models there. Um, and we're all standing outside on Paramount Studios lot with, with razors and all this kind of stuff. And we're shaving our legs. <laughs> you know? And you've got all these guys standing out, you know, just on the lot, shaving their legs and shaving their arms and their armpits. And, Something you um, see every day in L.A. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Just a typical day. It's like one of those things where you drive by a casting office and you see 12 Santa Clauses, you know, waiting in line. It's one of those yeah. um, it, was, it was definitely one of those L.A. moments. And, uh, and so we were in harnesses and we were climbing all over this three story statue of Lady Gaga and she's dancing and she's singing. And, um, it was just such a cool experience. I, I, I met some friends that, um, on that shoot that I'm still friends with to this day. And, um, and then shortly after that, you know, we had, um, I, I got a casting, um, and I'm sorry if this is a little long winded, it's kind of a funny story. The Britney Spears one, um, I I broke up with the girl I was dating at like three in the morning uh, and and I get home, you know, I'm exhausted because it's just emotional roller coaster of breaking up with this girl. And uh, and I sit down on my couch. It's three or four in the morning. I fall asleep on the couch and I wake up at like 8 a.m. to my phone ringing and it's my commercial agent and they're going, hey, you need to be at a casting in like 20 minutes. And I'm going, no. <laughs> it's not it's not happening <laughs> and um and so i uh they they convinced me to do it um i rush out i'd forgotten to brush my teeth uh that's kind of a gross detail but i, I forgot to brush my teeth goes casting um and basically i get to the get to the audition and it was kind of like an interview and they were asking me some weird questions. I don't remember exactly, but I just remember like pouring my heart out about me breaking up with my girlfriend like five hours ago. <laughs> and, and then they were, you know, they were sympathetic and um, they got it all on camera. I really hope that footage isn't anywhere. Um, but, <laughs> but I then, you know, get a call like a week later and 
I didn't know what it was for at the time. Um, I just knew it was for a music video for a pop star. And, uh, and I get a call saying I booked it and they still couldn't tell me um, who the pop star was. And so then I, they go, you're, you're the hero role. That's like in the commercial world, hero is kind of the name for the main guy. And I go, fantastic. And so I go to set uh, my first day. We were shooting over on Universal's lot. And I find out uh, that it's Britney Spears. And I'm like, I'm going to be the hero role in a Britney Spears music video. Like, this is insane. <laughs> and then I, you know, I get there and there's 10 other guys. And I'm like, whoa, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm the hero in the Britney Spears music video. And I'm like, no, no, hold on. <laughs> I'm the hero in the Britney Spears music video. Um, and it turned out that we were all heroes in the Britney Spears music video. And, uh, and we did got to do this thing um, all day long where we basically had to audition the, the whole music video. I mean, you can, you know, I'm sure people have seen it. We had to come up with a special skill to audition for Britney's love and to be her next love interest uh, within the context of the music video. And it was just a wild, you know, I think we were on set 20 hours, uh, wild 20 hours of just joking around and having fun. And she had her dancers there. And so it was just like a fun kind of time to hang out. And then they pulled me and they were like, hey, um, we need like some context for the video. Do you mind improving kind of a scene where you're a waiter uh, before, um, uh, the music video starts for the beginning of the music video. And I think I was one of the only guys there who had acting credits and I go, yeah, sure. You know, why not? And we ended up in, I ended up improv with Brittany for like two straight hours. This was at like one in the morning and it was, uh, Brittany and her dancers. And then I was playing this waiter and I ended up sitting down with them and we just improved for, for like two hours. And I think you see maybe five seconds of it on the music video. <laughs> and we had some really cool, um, really, really cool uh, conversations and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's funny because now I'm on set at Young and the Restless and in society, um, you know, Lola's restaurant. Uh, we, we usually have a lot of extras and, you know, there's some extras there one day, um, some girls and they're sitting at a table and, you know, and I finish my scenes and we wrap the set and I'm walking out and the girls come over and I'm like, Hey, um, excuse me. And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And, uh, and they go, were you in a Britney Spears music video? <laughs> wow. And so I get, I get recognized for that more than Young and Restless sometimes. Dishing with Digest is proudly sponsored by Nutrisystem. Nutrisystem is a leader in the weight loss industry, having helped millions of people lose weight over the course of more than 45 years. Do you feel like in these times of social distancing and working from home, that weight gain has been creeping up on you with all those takeouts and snacks? Let me tell you, you're not the only one. This is where Nutrisystem can help and get you back on track. Nutrisystem is simple and convenient, and it's great getting delicious, filling meals delivered right to your door every week for way less than you would spend on takeout or delivery, and it's much healthier. All the meals are quick to prepare, and a delicious breakfast is as easy as grabbing a snack bar or muffin on your way out the door. All you need to do is follow the perfectly portioned meal plan. It's reduced the stress of meal planning and shopping, and I'm eating so much better. There's a wide variety of recipes and I save so much time as meals come together quickly, which is less stressful and way less time consuming than going to the grocery store. Nutrisystem has exceeded my expectations. My favorite foods are the thick crust pizza and the chocolatey pretzel bar. And I can assure you that it's a great program for those looking for a complete plan to lose weight and stay healthy. Order Nutrisystem now. Go to our partner site, Nutrisystem.com slash us weekly to get 50% off. Again, that's Nutrisystem.com slash U-S-W-E-E-K-L-Y to get 50% off. Now back to the show. A couple other early credit credits I wanted to to, to confront you about. Mm -hmm. um, in 2015, which of these two roles spoke to you more? Which character did you identify with more? Frat guy on Chasing Life or fratty dude on Super? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, um, I I prefer to call it uh, fraternity guy. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I found fraternity guy to be a little more formal than fratty dude. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, you know, it's just, it comes with the territory of the, the journey from modeling to acting is you get cast as um, the drunk fraternity guy a lot of times. Uh, it was, I think I, if I'm going to be honest with you, um, the, the Supergirl role, well, two, two fun stories. The Supergirl role was way more fun because I got a hole blasted through me by the supervillain in the episode. So that was cool. I got like thrown back against some pads. Um, the chasing life, um, I don't remember if I'm to be honest, which one's Freddy dude and which one's Freddy guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I get them mixed up. Um, but, uh, the chasing life role, I played out this scene and the girl, I was a drunk fraternity guy again, hitting on a girl and, um, she pours her beer on me and, we had to shoot it like four or five times. Um, she had to pour a beer on me four or five times. And I remember I was, I was in, I think we shot it in like Santa Clarita or Valencia. And, and that was, it's like an hour, hour and 20 minutes outside of LA. And we wrapped it um, at like 8 PM. I've had beer, you know, poured on me five, six times. And they're like, cool. Thanks. You know, you're wrapped. You can go home now. And, <laughs> and so I, I put on my clothes and I've got hair wet, with beer and I just I sit I sit in my car and I go I really hope I don't get pulled over on the way home because because <laughs> I don't know how I'm yeah, gonna get out of that <laughs> oh my gosh so your dad was on to something ultimately you got to get the party and the work sort of like together I got it all out of my system on set it was, it's amazing yeah. Um, now in 2018, the role of Kyle Abbott came about. So tell us your casting story for Young and the Restless. Yeah, um, the the role that has has truly changed my life. Um, I owe a lot to a lot of people uh, over at CBS. Um, but yeah, I as far as the casting, it was such a secret. Once again, why are castings always secret? I, I feel like that's a pattern with me. Uh, <laughs> everything's a secret. Um, no one wants people to know that they're they're thinking of hiring you. It's shameful. I, I know <laughs> the, people are embarrassed to hire me. I think that's what's going on. They don't want to. <laughs> don't want to tell people. Um, well, I know. I know. As far as getting wrestlers, the 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 fans are so. Um, uh, so devout that they stalk the casting uh, casting notices, um, and so that's how they find out. Anyway, so it, it was all it was all in secrecy, and I didn't know um, really what uh, what I was auditioning for. I didn't know how long it was going to be. You know, I just I just knew it was for a role on Young and the Restless, um, and I just finished auditioning for. Uh, they were thinking about bringing back Thomas Forrester on Bold and Beautiful and they ended up not bringing him back quite yet and all that kind of stuff. And so I just finished that process. Um, and then this one popped up and this was like two weeks after Josh booked General Hospital. Uh, and so he booked General Hospital and then I get this audition for Young and the Restless and I go, well, now I got to book this. <laughs> you know, like, he's on the soap. I got to be on the soap. Um, and I remember not to, to belittle it or anything, but I had a pre-read and a pre-read is basically, it's not even, a, it's like the pre-audition. It's not even your formal audition yet, but you still have to go in and, and, you know, and work with the casting director or associate depending on. and so I get a pre-read for this role and I was teaching indoor cycling at the time and I was exhausted. I had been teaching like mad and I didn't have time to, to, to study my lines. And so I go in and, um, and basically I'm just reading my lines from the page, which is not something you want to do in an audition. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I guess, you know, Greg Salmon, the casting associate, um, that I worked with, he, he saw something in me. And so he gave me a call back and at the, I still didn't know what it was. And all I knew is that every Friday for the next seven weeks, I ended up in young and the restless casting office. And I just kept getting further along and further along. And the, I finally found out that I was going to test for the role. And, and the test is kind of your final audition. And, um, and you go in, it's such an intimidating process. And, and, 
the, the testing, so sometimes it's like in a normal office. This time it was in like um, a movie theater, kind of like a small movie theater, a uh, screening room, but it's a soundproof room. And so you walk in and all the sound just gets sucked out of it. And so it's a very intimidating thing. Um, and I remember looking at Greg um, and I go, <laughs> it was my, my final test. I look at Greg, I go, you know, Greg, I better book this role because I'm really going to miss hanging out with you on Fridays. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, well, I, you know, I hope you book it, Michael, you know, who, who knows? And, uh, he, I mean, obviously he had no idea at the time because I walk into my test and there's, you know, 15 people, executives, uh, for CBS and Sony that, uh, they get to make the final call, but, uh, uh odds were in my favor. And, uh, and then I found out that it was for, uh, Jack Abbott's son. And I mean, everybody knows Jack Abbott, whether you watch soap operas or not, it's, it's, it's like not knowing who Eric Braden is, you know, um, it's incredible. And so, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Well, from the beginning, you were really thrown into the deep end. You were working with Peter Bergman, who plays Jack, as you mentioned, Eric Braden, Eileen Davidson. Tell us about that. And you also told Digest that you found Eileen to be intimidating. So what's that story? Yes. Uh, um, you know, from the beginning, it was kind of, I don't know if this was a test or, or what, but they basically gave me monologue after monologue and, you know, in Five, five episodes a week, Young and Restless shoots five episodes in a week, depending, you know, different soaps shoot a different amount per week, but Young and Restless, we shoot five a week. And they basically had me in every single episode and it was sink or swim. And I don't know if it was a test or what, but um, I just remember I didn't have a life. Uh, <laughs> my <laughs> life was Young and the Restless. And, you know, working in with, uh, you know, with Peter and, I remember, uh, I'll never forget the night I found out I booked the audition, uh, booked uh, Kyle. I received an email from Peter uh, congratulating me and, you know, welcoming to the family and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, just a, you know, stand up guy. Um, and at that point, I was like, all right, like, I've got a, like, a TV dad. Like, this is, this is cool. Um, and so, so working with him and, you know, he really took me under his wing and then, um, and then with Eric Braden, I mean, such a, you know, just a legend. And he, he's taught me, you know, from the beginning, he taught me how important listening and acting is. And that, that is something that they preach in every acting class you go into. Um, and it's such a pinnacle thing with acting, but it is something that you don't truly understand until you're on a set. Um, and you are um, digesting as much content and dialogue uh, and material that a soap opera is throwing at you. Um, it's it's just there's some certain things that just can't be taught in acting class. I believe that it's through experience and certain things in life you just can't learn in school. It's through experience. And Eric Braden really taught me one of those things, and it's about listening because he's just such a force to be reckoned with. You know, and, and, but oddly enough, Eileen was the one that intimidated me the most and I don't know why. And she's become such like a mom to me. I was, um, I was with her yesterday and, and we talk on and off of set and she's just such a sweetheart. I absolutely love her. But I just remember watching her. Um, and she has such just like a, is debonair like a debonair beauty just like is the right word i don't even know what to say like she just has this amazing beautiful energy about her and it's like i hope i live up to her like that that's kind of the, that's kind of the idea of why i was intimidated is i was like i just want she's the one i want to like impress because i she just has this energy about her that is you just want to be associated with it and you want to be in her good graces and I remember um, when I first came on, my storyline was, uh, you know, I was, Jack was in jail and I was working with uh, Victor Newman and I wanted to take Jabot public so that, that it helped Newman and all this kind of stuff. And I remember um, Aunt Ashley, she was trying to stop me and her and I just had monologues of just going after each other. And I just wanted to impress her so much because I thought she was just such an amazing actress 
And I was like, I just want to live up to her expectation. Um, and sure enough, uh, did. we did. I remember, I just, yeah, we, we, we did. Yeah, I, I think I did. I don't know. I've never gotten confirmation from her. <laughs> but I, I do remember my first time having a scene with her. I walked into the hair and makeup room, didn't have my lines on me. She's sitting there, um, you know, talking and we're two chairs away and I'm getting my makeup done. And she just kind of, without looking over, was like, Michael, let, you know, let's, let's rehearse these scenes. And I was like, wait right now I don't have my lines on me I don't know like what if I mess up and it was you know fight or flight and I went for it and and we went through and I remember kind of her kind of like giving and I this is completely me putting words in her mouth and I don't mean to but and she didn't say anything but I kind of felt like I got this look from her that was like you know your stuff like all right cool like we can we can dance you know that kind of thing so that's cool yeah. very cool so uh, in one form or another, you've had the Kyle Summer Lola storyline percolating for a few years now. Um, so let's get into, first of all, uh, you know, tell us about your off-camera relationship with Sasha and, you know, uh, what you think it is about the Kyle and Lola pairing that has struck a chord with those passionate Cola fans. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, for, well, first off, um what i'm trying to say this in a way that uh doesn't offend anybody but i think i have i am in a triangle with the two most uh wonderful women in daytime tv um i mean i i don't know how i got so lucky they're both hunter and uh, sasha they're just incredible women um, and they are forces to be reckoned with on screen. Uh, so, you know, I got, I got lucky, you know, honestly, to, I have to keep up with them. Um, but w as far as with Sasha, I mean, that was something that was so exciting to me because our executive producer at the time kind of, he wanted to bring in uh, a new character and he really kind of worked with me uh, I had only been on the show maybe six months and he really worked with me um, in creating this character and, you know, having me really kind of give my opinion. And I felt like I was heard, uh, you know, with it. And so I got to go to her casting process and I got to, you know, she did her test with me. I got to be in there, you know, being the guy on the other end of the camera, you know, on the other side of the camera saying the lines rather than just a, you know, a normal casting director. Um, and, and, and so that was such an amazing thing. And I remember, um, meeting Sasha and just knowing right from the beginning, I was like, she is Lola. She's it. And we did the casting pro, we did her test. And then the next day I was in blocking and I ran into my executive producer and he goes, uh, did you hear who we went with? And I go, no, I didn't. I was like, you know, and he goes, who do you think? And I was like, it was Sasha. It, it, like, there's, there was no doubt about it. It's Sasha. And, and truly, I didn't know what they were thinking because there's so many people that have to say yes, you know. And, and he was like, yeah, I mean, it was a no brainer. And because she's, she's Lola and she has created something that's amazing for Young and the Restless. Um, and I think it's really struck a chord with the fans because one, it was a new character that people could, you know, didn't have judgment towards and they just got to experience it. And that's such an amazing thing. And I watch a lot of foreign cinema and I love it because I don't know any of the actors, you know, and you just get to experience their character and um, experience the life, you know, the, the human condition that they're bringing to the screen. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons. I think another reason is um, a rags to riches kind of thing. Uh, not that, it was a rags to riches story, but a, a guy from upper class and someone um, who had had struggle uh, their entire life um, and they fell in love with each other. I think that's an amazing thing. Um, finding someone on screen that you can identify with and that you see, you know, as a mirror uh, of yourself. I say it time and time again, I think acting is just a mirror of ourselves. It's a mirror of humanity. And, um, and so I think that that storyline had a lot of that in it. Uh, and then the final thing is it was a true, 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 pure, innocent love story. And you don't get many of those in daytime, you know, and, and that's the, on the flip side, the, the Kyle and Summer storyline, it's messy, you know, which is so much fun, but this was just, 
innocence and two people falling in love when they didn't expect to and being swept off their feet. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, now, the fans were obviously so invested in the storyline. They were so thrilled when they got married. Um, and then obviously devastated because this is definitely where the letter started um, <laughs> when the marriage fell apart as quickly as it did. Um, yeah. You know, what was your reaction to that? You know, both as Michael and as Kyle in a way, like, or as, or as Kyle's portrayer, like, how did you feel about that? Yeah, you know, it, it's a weird thing. Um, I didn't, I mean, I guess I saw it coming, but I didn't see it coming as, as fast as it did. Um, I didn't expect, I think we were married a total of like seven or eight months. I don't think it was very long. Um, and so the, I didn't expect the marriage to last, to be that short, but I did see the signs as far as in the dialogue of like, oh, like they're beginning to, you know, they, the, the, the um, the psychological things of like when you can see a relationship breaking down and how they speak to each other began to change and stuff like that. So you could kind of see that happening. Um, and it's a weird thing, you know, as, as Kyle, it was utter devastation because, um, you know, Kyle has, he, he has never really seen a perfect love story in his life. And I think that, he wanted one and he didn't want to just fall into the same um, pattern that the rest of the people in his life have. And so he worked really hard. And so I think it was, um, he did see it as a failure on so many levels of, you know, w within himself. Um, and then as an actor, you know, it's an interesting thing because um Obviously, you know, Sasha and I, we get scenes together from time to time now, but, uh, but there's, they're few and far between. Um, and, uh, and so you, you work with this person so closely for so long and you create this amazing thing. And then, and then it is ripped away from you and, and, and playing the downfall. I was saying this on set the other day, playing the breakup is so much fun as an actor, you know, it's just, it's messy. It's great. Um, it's just, it's juicy. You just love it. But, but it's, you work together for so long and you see it coming to a close for the time being or whatever this, you know, until you get the next script. I mean, I don't, I only know the storyline for what's in my email right now, which is a week or two in advance. Um, so I never know what's to come, but then, but at the same time as an actor, you're like, okay, like I love evolution. You know, I want to move forward. I want to explore more. Now this is creating a new dynamic within the Kyle and Lola relationship that gives more life to it. It fuels it even further. Um, and so it kind of pumps new air into it, which is fun. So there's, there's just so many levels to it. Absolutely. Okay, well then now let's talk about Hunter. You know, tell us about your relationship with her and why you think Kyle uh, strikes a very passionate chord with their fans as well. Yeah, I think um, Hunter is, uh, she's, <laughs> Hunter has become one of my best friends. She's great. Um, she's, she's a hoot. And um, her and I, we just, I think that it's come to life on screen so well because we have such a banter with each other. We can be saying the meanest things to each other as Kyle and Summer. And we will go from, dying laughing and they will they'll literally be counting because in soaps they don't call action they count down you know five four three two and they will literally be counting five four three and we are belly chuckling and and then they call you know two one and we're either screaming at each other we're crying and we're, <laughs> you know we're breaking up or whatever um and so that's i think it's come to life on screen because we do have that banter in a way um and working with her is amazing. I mean, they're both just incredible actresses and you know, working with someone who's created something for, I think she's been on the show eight or nine years now. Um, I mean, Hunter isn't Summer, but in a way it's hers. It is her character. Um, whereas me, there's been, I don't know how many Kyles, you know, and they, they kind of um, were short lived for a little while, not speaking on any anything beyond that. Um, but um hunt uh, summer is hunter's character which is amazing um so she's she's great at playing that and 
I think uh, it's fun for the for the audience because one, it is the drama, it is the messiness, it is the the one day we're together, one day we're not, one day we're spying on each other, and then the next day, you know, the clothes are being torn off. Um, but then also, uh, I think fans identify it, and they love they love it, and they hate it, and they love to hate it, and they hate to love it because it is a true Newman and a true Abbott. Mm -hmm. um, and that has been the core foundation of this show for so long. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it always comes back to that, um, you know? And so that's, that's why the fans love it, I think. Now, do you have an opinion about which woman is the right woman for Kyle? Or do you feel <laughs> sort of like a professional duty to remain neutral? You are trying to get me in trouble. Why, why are you trying to do this? <laughs> I'm just, just just in case I get some emails, I ask. Oof, oof. <laughs> You're baiting me into a Twitter war, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm just going to at Soap Opera Digest every time I get a tweet now, and I'm going to flood your inbox, not mine. <laughs> um, no, I you know I think both women. Uh, I think they just bring. Um, they both bring out different sides of Kyle. Uh, they they bring out different sides and and as Michael as an actor, um, I love getting to play both sides. And you know Peter Bergman and I we have a conversation very often that getting to play two or three things at once is so fun for an actor. Of getting to play, I you know I love you, but I'm going to hide this from you because I don't want you to find out because if you find out, you're going to know that I'm actually still in love with that girl. And I love both of you at the same time. And that is my answer because I love Hunter and Sasha and Lola and Summer. I love both of them equally. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Well, as you, as you play it, I'm interested because we just saw Summer return, uh, Kyle's engagement ring, citing her belief that, you know, he's got lingering feelings for Lola. In terms of how you are playing the storyline and your understanding, do you think that he does still have feelings for Lola? Ooh. Well, um, one, I think Kyle did a fantastic job at uh, vying for Summer's love and trust and forgiveness. I think the presentation was immaculate. And it could not have been better. Um, <laughs> um, and then um, I, you know, I go back and forth on this, to be honest, um, of whether Kyle still has feelings. Um, I think Kyle, I, I don't think Kyle has feelings in that regard uh, for Lola at this point in time. I think Kyle is in love with what they created. Um, I think he still struggles with the failure and Lola changed Kyle for the better. She made Kyle um, a very, she really brought out Kyle's sensitivities in a way. Um, and so I think in that regard, he really struggles with hurting her. Um, and he, that will be an ongoing thing. Um, I think there's a lot of guilt that he harbors uh, with, with the failure of that, you know, I say failure, but it's not, it's not failure because it's never over. It's, it's a living, breathing thing. You know, it's the relationship in any point, anywhere in life, outside of soap operas, relationships are living, breathing things. And, 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 and they're, they're never over. Even if you decide that that person isn't going to be in your life for, you know, an amount of time or for the foreseeable future, you you created that relationship it's still there you can't forget it and so um and so i think that's kind of where kyle is and um and this relationship it will always be you know a memory and it will always be an evolution of who he is um and so i think that's what kyle struggles with and i think kyle needs someone when when things got tough with with summer um, and she disappeared, he didn't have anyone to talk to, and he needed someone to talk to, and so she was there, you know. Uh, Lola was there, and that was a comfort, and it was something that he could um, 
what's the word? I guess it was an identifiable comfort. Um, it was a shoulder that he knew knew that her heart was in the right place. And so I think that's why he kind of returned to her to have those tough conversations. Well, I can imagine that this triangle will be ongoing. Um, but <laughs> as you look back on the last two years that you've been on the show and like the impact you've made and your characters made and just, you know, the, the passion you've inspired in the viewers, you know, what does it mean to you? Oh, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, I owe so much for the people at Sony and CBS um, really changing my life and, and this, this role and the fans um, they've all changed Michael's life. Um, I know that, uh, that it, like I said at the beginning, it's a love for Kyle and, uh, and, you know, maybe every now and then I'm lucky to, um, take one of Kyle's fans along and move them to a Michael fan. But, uh, but really Kyle's fans are incredible. And so, um, I mean, Kyle, it's, he's made such a, a mark on on my life and really has it, it's it's funny because i mean i'm in my day-to-day -day life and i'll just be out and and all of a sudden i'll start thinking like how what will kyle think about this like how would he you know like like do i want to grab a beer with kyle i don't know maybe um <laughs> uh, do we want to be bros i don't know um and so it, it's just great and the legacy um of who kyle is and and what i've gotten to do as him on the show is is so much fun. And, you know, I owe a lot to the writers and the producers and um, the trust that they've given me uh, for the time I've, you know, had the privilege of playing this character. Um, that sounds like it's ending, it's not, but you know, it's just the, time, the current amount of time I've gotten to play him and, and I absolutely love it. And, you know, he's made his mark. Well. Thank you so much for joining us, for chatting with us, for sharing all your Cola Skyle um, opinions. I'm I know. Sure I got to stay bipartisan on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough one. Yeah, um, well, but it's, it's so much fun. And, and uh, thank you for taking the time, ladies. I'm, I'm honored to now be on uh, the list of people that y'all have interviewed. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> Thanks again and have a great day. Thank you all. I'll see you later. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Michael Mueller for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>